one person's ability to spend is another person's ability to earn income, right? So the more people you have doing good business in the province, the better everybody is. And so I think that makes for good communities and people have been more than willing to help me along the way. So, Welcome to the Sask Entrepreneurs Podcast. Each week, we bring you an interview featuring an entrepreneur or business leader in the Saskatchewan province. We dive into their journey, lessons learned, and views on the outlook of the Saskatchewan business market. This episode is brought to you by 2Web. Growing your business online is overwhelming. At 2Web, we make it simple. Our agency has helped over 700 businesses and nonprofit organizations grow through digital marketing. Learn more and reach out to us at 2Web.ca. Welcome to today's episode of the Sask Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have Sean Steffen, who is the owner and president of the Rusty Shovel Landscape Shop. Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Manip. So Sean, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background. I understand that the Rusty Shovel was a family business and you took over quite a few years ago and, and built the business over time. Yeah, so pretty fortunate to grow up in an entrepreneurial family. So uh, my dad had his own company, still has his own company. My uncle had an irrigation installation company for uh, 30 plus years, sold that and was kind of looking for something to do to kind of bridge his way to retirement. And he ended up starting a company called Rain Pro Supply as a wholesale supply irrigation company. Kind of ran that for a few years and I went to University of Regina, was taking my business degree, majoring in marketing and taking some economics along the way. And kind of 2006, I was working with my dad. He had a a small business marketing consulting company. And so we were kind of learning all the ins and outs of trying to help companies use the internet, this new thing called the internet to uh, market their companies. And so we were I can't remember, some holiday, Thanksgiving or, or Christmas or Easter or something like that, we were talking with my uncle and, and he was kind of intrigued about the opportunity to start selling some of his products online. And so we put together a bit of a proposal for him as thinking he would be maybe a client of, of ours, a marketing client. And he really liked the opportunity, but he didn't, uh, didn't have any time to implement any of it. So, But he said, you know what? You guys should start a company doing the marketing. I'll sell you product wholesale. You do the retail supply. And so that's when we started a, a little... My dad and I started a company called Sprinkler Daddy. So it's uh, everybody like gets a chuckle out of the name. GoDaddy was uh, hot on the scene selling domain names at the time. So that's kind of where that came from. And basically, we sold do-it-yourself underground sprinkler systems online. Started that in 2008 and started working alongside my uncle, helping out with his wholesale operation as well. And then 2010, the economy was really starting to pick up in Saskatchewan, lots of home building going on, lots of DIY stuff going on. And so that's when we decided that we should kind of team up together and and open the, the Rusty Shovel Landscape Shop in 2010. And I had some ownership to start and bought majority share in uh, going into the 2015 season. So it's been family owned and operated uh, the whole way through. Wow. Congratulations on taking uh, you know that uh, ownership back in 2015. And obviously so much has changed since 2015, just in, even in the last two years, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot that has happened with the business and uh, we'll get more into that. So with regards to doing business in Saskatchewan generally, I mean, what is it that you love about doing business here? 
I mean, Saskatchewan is my home. I, I grew up in Emerald Park just outside of Regina and, and then in high school moved uh, north of town to the rival uh, Lumsden community. And, and that's where we that's where we live now with our family just outside of Craven. And so Saskatchewan to me is just a, it's a special place. I think because there's so few of us that live here and, and there's been so many people leave over the years because it's so unique and people are kind of shocked almost to hear, oh, you're from Saskatchewan too. I think there's that camaraderie that we learned to, because there aren't so many of us, we all had to learn to to get along in, in small towns and that kind of small town roots here in Saskatchewan just really makes it a special place. And I've been fortunate through business to be able to travel all across North America and meet people from all over the place. And I think this little place in Saskatchewan, we've got, you know, we can hold our own with the big guys from Chicago or California or Toronto or or wherever. So I think the people are a big difference here in, in Saskatchewan for sure. So what are the kinds of customers that you serve? So our business is split. Uh, our revenue is kind of derived uh, 60% to landscape contractors and then 40% roughly to uh, homeowners on the on the do-it-yourself side. So ultimately, our end consumer for the most part is a homeowner. So that's the residential landscape construction is kind of the, the business that we're supplying into. So sometimes that works where someone's hiring the work done and sometimes they're doing it themselves. And we have a whole team of landscape and irrigation design professionals and consultants that help through the process. You know, going back to the point when you were taking over the business back in 2015, becoming the major shareholder, obviously, you know, every entrepreneur has a vision for the business and businesses, you know, the environment changes over time. It's a matter of how you adapt to those environments and build your business as you grow the company. The key thing is, what is your vision? Where do you see your business going in the next decade? Well, I mean, right now during COVID, it's been a year to year. So from a seasonal perspective, it's get our planning set for spring. And uh, I'm a member of Tech Canada and, and we had a speaker that was on Saturday Night Live and he kind of put together the idea of what's your 11 o'clock, right? Saturday Night Live, they work on the show until 11 o'clock, the lights go on and there you go. Well, that's that's our springtime for us. We get the winter to prepare and we go into the spring. So there's that short-term look of just, all right, we do probably 85% of our revenue in a five-month window. So that's our 11 o'clock. And then we kind of wind down. But I think looking at the next 10 years, it's going to be, it's continually growing. Every, every single year, but one in company history, we've grown, we found ways to grow. And I think that's what we're looking to do. So I mean, in the last couple of years through COVID, we've been able to grow, we've been fortunate to be in a sector that had a lot of uh, interest in it, a lot of people were spending more time time at home and realized that maybe my yard's not that nice. And so they had March and April of 2020 to paint all the walls in their house. And then when the snow melted, they started working on their yard. So I mean, that was very fortunate for us. But I think going forward, it's different product lines, maybe different markets, that sort of thing is just finding new challenges, I guess, as a as an entrepreneur. And just in life in general, I think for me, it's always moving that bar up. So we hit our goals this year. But what's next year's goal? So because you mentioned this, I mean, you mentioned that you're part of tech, and I think it's a, it's a great organization. I strongly believe in the fact that your network is your net worth. You know, sometimes those connections can be profound when it comes to building your business, but also you learn so much from being in a mastermind group. You learn so much by being 
able to share certain challenges and to be able to get insight on how you can actually address those challenges. So can you maybe shed some light on that as to how a mastermind session like Tech or any others that you've attended have actually helped grow your business? From my perspective, when I took over the ownership of the company in 2015, that first year, we grew our revenues by 55%. And, you know, it was just some fortunate events. We added a couple of product lines that really took off. We had a couple of product lines that were maturing. It was, it was great. But, you know, when you grow by that much, and then you're trying to add and add and add to the business, and there's this battle between sales and operations where your sales go up. So then you have to really nail down operations. But as you're focusing operations, your sales don't grow as much. And that was our, after that 55% growth year over year, that was the one year that we didn't grow was the next year, but we added a whole bunch of expenses. Those next couple of years were challenging trying to find that balance of, well, we're, we've got the sales there, but we seem to be, you know, the, the profit is difficult to figure out. I kind of quickly realized that if I was going to be continue to be the leader of this company, I needed to continue to level up my abilities as I went through. So the company requires different skill sets at, at different stages in growth. And so Paul Martin, the tech chair and kind of the founder of tech in Saskatchewan, I've known him for a number of years. I sat on a board with the Regina Regional Economic Development Authority my youth board that was kind of a shadow board to the main one. And so I got to know him through that. And he had invited me out to a couple of tech groups before. And I just didn't quite feel ready. I, f I felt too young. I felt overwhelmed being there. And I couldn't wrap my head around spending that much money to go to a once a month event until I got to the point where I, I needed to do something. You know, I think it's probably four years maybe that I've been in tech and kind of graduated up from the small business group to the CEO group just with our sales. And, and I think the, the biggest thing there, so a, a tech day uh, once a month is typically you'll have a, a speaker, you know, one to 10 of you in a, in a room with a world-class speaker for the morning. And then we have an executive roundtable session in the afternoon. And it's a confidential forum for people to work on their, work on their businesses. And it's very supportive. You know, it's definitely not been all sunshine and rainbows for us. So having that group there that understands business that in that confidential setting that you can really pour out your problems to and your issues and they're right there trying to help you through it. It's a great network. And they're used to solving these problems all the time, too. Like your staff can help you to a point. I have fantastic staff, but, you know, un unless you've been there in the ownership chair, you don't know the weight of you know, making payroll, being able to have cash flow, being able to manage issues of all kinds with, you know, vendors, customers, staff, all that sort of thing. So it's just been a really good resource to have. And it keeps you accountable. They call you out on your crap and don't let you uh, uh, stay in the ditch. And it's inspiring to see what other people are doing. You kind of get to go along on the ride for some pretty cool businesses and some pretty cool people. So it's uh, something that I'm very, very fortunate to have got involved in. You know, I've had the uh, privilege to uh, work with many different kinds of businesses. And what I find is that there's a certain mindset that every entrepreneur has. And they also have this threshold to grow the business up to some extent. But if they were to break through that threshold, it requires a different mindset. 
they have to think differently. They have to bring in either new talent. They either have to get some outside advice because they're used to thinking a certain way. They're comfort in their own bubble. And uh, it can be challenging to break through the bubble and basically expand the business beyond their comfort level. So, uh, so I can completely understand the value that such a mastermind group can bring. And I myself am involved in many different mastermind groups. And it, it's helped me a lot in terms of learning about marketing, learning about how to grow businesses. And it's really, you know, it brings in so many different ideas. And sometimes you just need to bounce back those ideas to know that you're sane. <laughs> you may be thinking something that is, that is completely not appropriate in, in terms of growing your business. And often I know I've made this mistake is that I've invested or I've built certain things and certain solutions in my business that are not profitable. And it doesn't make sense from a profitability perspective. So it's hard for the business to sustain those ideas. So, it's, uh, so I've learned personally a lot from that. And have you come across any challenges like that? Yeah, that was actually one of the first issues that we kind of started cracking down on in tech was the, the profitability issue, right? And through the process, I really got to understand how the income statement works, how your balance sheet works, how your cash flow works, and tried to develop, learned how to develop, you know, some KPIs along the way that are really important. And it, and it really boils down to, you can tell yourself lots of stories around, you know, you get emotional around, well, if I raise my price on this, then I'll lose all my business, or I'll do this or that, or but just as as an example, you look at if you're selling a product at a 20% gross margin, if you were to bump that to 30%, you could afford to lose 50% of your volume of sales and still net out at the same amount. So you could sell 50% less units and you would still end up profiting the same because your bumping from 20 to 30% margin is a 50% increase in profit, right? So things like that. Now, you know, maybe the market won't bear a 20 to 30% jump, but it gives you the understanding of, okay, well, if I could, what if I could get 24 and a half and start to run the numbers around that? And those types of things are, are things that I've got out of tech and it's by bringing issues to the table. So by keeping your issues inside, you're left battling with them. Whereas somebody's, you know, I'm the youngest one at our table and, you know, I'm starting to get a little bit older, but that's always been the case where I've been younger. And so I find with young entrepreneurs, sometimes they want to come out and puff their chest out and act like they know everything. Whereas I've found being humble and learning from people that have already done what you're trying to do is a lot faster and easier way to get where you want to go. And people are, you know, I find that most of the business owners and operators that I've come in, in contact with, they're very comfortable with where they're at and they're more than happy to share what they've learned and to try and help you out because they don't have a scarcity mindset of, well, if you're doing well in your business, that must mean that my business isn't doing well. It's no, they want to see other people do well. And, and really, that's the, the way that the economy works. One person's ability to spend is another person's ability to earn income, right? So the more people you have doing good business in the, in the province, the better everybody is. And so I think that makes for good communities and people have been more than willing to help me along the way. So, so speaking about challenges, I mean, how has COVID impacted uh, your business? Definitely scary time. We went through some some lean years, you know, 2018, 2019. So, you know, we were financing the purchase of the company out of cash flows of the company. So that had kind of strapped the company for a little bit of cash. We were trying to 
get some new capital into the business, secure some some financing and and that sort of thing. And so that was a very difficult time to to go through late 2019. Shored that up, we're ready to go, and had really good plans into into 2020. And then March 2020 comes, and everything's shut down, and we had areas where, you know, we're in the supply business. We buy a lot of our stuff in U.S. dollars. You know, the U.S. dollar went from our, the Canadian to U.S. dollar price went from, I think, about $1.23 to $1.45 in the span of a couple of weeks. You know, the company that we're using for currency exchange went out of business due to that volatility. You're talking to people, everybody's just clinging to cash. Nobody's spending anything. We would typically do this, the Regina Spring Home Show late March. And so that got canceled. That would usually bring in about probably 35, 40% of our new business leads for the season, especially on our landscape design end. We had started selling design packages kind of February. We were selling a couple of weeks through the winter without much advertising. So we we're really excited. And then from about March 15th to April 15th, when we would usually sell most of that, we sold zero. And so we were very concerned. Our our fiscal year starts March 1. So I think March sales were down 85% year over year. Not that March is a big month, but it's still 85% drop is pretty substantial no matter how much you're doing. And then April was probably about a 35% drop. And uh, it was getting a little bit scary. Wasn't sure about staff. What We were canceling some inventory. It was very uncertain times. And then the weather started turning and people started coming. And then it was like it went from zero to getting hit in the face with a fire hydrant of business. And so that was, you went from one stress to the other. We were very fortunate where we had a, you know, in the reopen SASC plan, there was a specific roadmap on Okay, greenhouses and landscape retailers can operate under this certain set of circumstances. And so at the start, it was like we could have one person in the store because we just have a small 1600 square foot store because most of our stuff is outside. So (laughs) that was very challenging. And right when we were going to have to change some operating procedures, the government changed that rule to, well, as long as you can keep people six feet apart. (laughs) So I got the tape measure out and I was putting duct tape on the floor, kind of diagonally spacing people six feet apart. And okay, you go stand there and wait for somebody to come in. And then, so it was like talking to our partners on advertising. We were canceling some stuff there and then we would start it up and then inventory we had canceled and then rebooked. And then all of a sudden, you know, with all the plant shutdowns and that sort of thing, and then everybody wanting stuff, we couldn't get a lot of stuff. And we had all kinds of business coming. And so we had got through and by July, we knew we were out of space. And so it gave us the cash flow that we needed to be able to uh, add a second location, a warehouse uh, distribution center location. And so kind of worked on that through the summer, got it situated. We moved a lot of our inventory out that fall. And then last year was kind of the first year that we rolled with that. And we were able to uh, sustain that growth this past year in, in 2021. And we're still forecasting for for further growth, we doubled the warehouse space again and added 50% yard space on in Regina here. We went from probably 15 staff to 25 staff in the peak season. So, 
and dealing with all kinds of back orders. And this is February 2022. I'm still getting back orders shipped to me that I ordered in January 2021. And try to talk to a conservative financial institution where you have your money about, hey, we, we might need a temporary increase in our line of credit so that we can land product when it's available. Because if we don't have it, we can't sell it. And they don't see the urgency in the market right now. So you know, on the whole, it's been very good for us, at least the market opportunity. I can understand. I mean, over the past year and a half or so, I've been speaking with a lot of business owners. And what I realized is that COVID has forced them to think differently about how they run their business, whether it's pivoting, whether it's restructuring their organization, making them more efficient in certain ways to survive. What has happened is that those businesses that have survived they're actually, they're prepared to thrive as soon as, you know, the economy is becoming better. And I think that's, that's great. I mean, you know, it's, it's helped a lot of businesses rethink their strategies and basically renew them so that they're up to date. I know a lot of businesses have transformed from a digital perspective. There's a lot of investment in digital transformation, but then also like businesses such as yourself. I mean, you have expanded your warehouse. You have now the capability to be able to, or the capacity to have more you know, stock of your inventory available and accessible. And that's great. It seems like you have a good road ahead of you to help promote the business. Yeah. And I, and I think like it's easy to point to COVID because our industry across the board in North America grew during COVID. And it's easy to say, oh, well, they were lucky. Well, we were certainly fortunate, but I think the luck is when, you know, whatever the quote is where preparation meets opportunity or, or whatever it is, but I mean, we were already putting some of this stuff in place that enabled us to be successful in a COVID environment. In 2019, we were looking at ways like when we started the company, we had a very succinct customer journey and sales funnel for selling do-it-yourself underground sprinkler systems. It's a complex product. We created a system around it to create custom systems for people through the internet. and. People are adverse to putting their information into web forms. And we were, that was the crux of our business. And we were able to tell a story around that to be able to get people to do that. Well, I hadn't been able to figure out how to apply that to the other products that we had added to paving stone, to artificial turf, to retaining wall block, to, you know, landscape lighting, to water features, all that sort of thing. But we kind of, uh, and this is another mastermind that I'm, I'm in, we were kind of talking that through and we had come up with a, you know, we call it our simple shovel ballpark quote process. So we, we want in construction, people just want to know what it costs, right? They go past the nice yard and, and it's like, well, how much was that, right? It's easy to go to a house and see how much a house costs because, you know, but if you're doing a renovation, you don't know what a renovation costs. You don't know what a you know, what it costs to develop a landscape. And so if you're doing a project, that's what we find, you know, a lot of people want to go through the process and, and it takes them a long time only to find out that the thing that they had set aside $10,000 to do is going to cost them $30,000. And it's, it was a total waste of everybody's time. Whereas, you know, so what we wanted to do, we created some, not created, but we developed adding some technology into our business where we allowed people to request a quote and right from their phone, they can upload a picture and some just basic measurements goes right into our CRM system. 
to the desk of our project planners and our salespeople. And, and they're able to do a, a Loom video back where they just record the, you know, they do a screen capture video where they look over, okay, here's the pictures, here's the measurements. You know, let me pull up the catalog. Here's some product that I would recommend. Here's about how much you're going to need. If you want to do it yourself, it's going to be three to $5,000. If you want to hire it done, it's going to be probably eight to $12,000 or whatever, right? And so, yes, it's not enough to be able to buy, but it is quickly, okay, yeah, now I'm in the, like, that sounds like about what I was prepared to do. Let's hammer out the details. So whether depending on the project, we might need to go do a site visit to confirm some measurements. We might need to get them in to, to select some product. So that was something that we were creating anyways. And then it was something that once people were a little bit more hesitant to coming into a store, we had that there. You know, it was very fortunate that we had that in, in place at the time. I mean, leveraging technology to its full potential is extremely important. And I think, you know, often businesses invest in technology, but they just don't know how to apply it effectively. And it seems that, you know, your model there has been proven to, to help your customers in a great way. On more of a personal note, Sean, if you were to go back 10 years, what advice would you give to your younger self? One of the things I would probably say is keep your drive up, but maybe have a little bit more patience. Everything doesn't have to happen at once. I'm a fairly driven person, fairly competitive person. And I think sometimes that can stop you from enjoying the different stages in life as much as you should. So I think just to be able to slow down and appreciate where you're at and, and no, not always just looking forward to the next thing. That's quite valuable. I mean, making the most of the moment that you're in. I can understand that if you're looking always ahead, you forget what's around you at times. So I made that mistake many times myself, so I can understand. But based on your experience and the challenges that you've overcome, if there was one big takeaway that you could give to the listeners and other entrepreneurs that are listening to this podcast, what would that be? You know, a big thing is you've, you've got to continue to improve yourself first. If you're interested in being better every day, I think that's where you're going to, you know, really start to realize some growth personally and, and as a business. So not being complacent of, of where you're at and always trying to be improving. And, uh, you know, I've, I found just being curious, asking questions and seeking out information. Even on stuff where you think that you weren't going to take much out of it, a little nugget comes out and just hits you at the right time. And all of a sudden it's, oh, yeah, I've been trying to solve this problem for three, five, seven years. And what you just said there, something clicked and now I've got it figured out. So just go into everything with an open mind and, and always, be, always be learning. That's true. One of life's purpose should be progress. And, you know, it's important that everyone either develops personally, progresses and builds their skill set. Because I think without progress, you're just surviving and you're not really doing much and you're not really helping the society. So it's really important to really invest in yourself. And I think that's where, you know, going back to your earlier point about being invested in mastermind groups, being invested in personal development and learning and educating yourself is extremely important. It allows you to break through your current mindset and continue to evolve. And I think it's important too for our communities, not just for our business. Yeah, the business is great and it's a necessary thing to be able to support your family and support the people around you. But I think those skills transfer very well to creating positive communities too. So, I mean, 
you take that to your local minor hockey organization or some sort of a volunteer or you some charity that you're looking to help. It's not just about giving the money, but trying to help them on here's how you can continue, you know, the teach a man to fish type of a thing, right? So just making your communities better, I think personal growth helps with with all of that and makes life better for everybody. Any favorite books that you have in mind that have helped you? I'm a big audiobook guy. I, I retain information a lot better by by listening. And I think just by uh, nature of I put 40 to 50,000 kilometers on my truck every year. So I'm in a vehicle quite a quite a bit. So I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of including yours and, and a lot of uh, a lot of audiobooks as well. And, and I think there's some some books that I would say, you know, that I read early on, you know, a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk stuff, a lot of Seth Godin stuff on marketing, that stuff has been very instrumental. Recently, one of the books that I've been on to is The Great Game of Business it kind of talks about how to engage your employees in and giving them a stake in the outcome on the business. Books like Traction as well, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. Some of these books are like five bucks to buy. And it's like incredible, incredible value. I mean, if you can't get a return on investment for a five to $20 audiobook, you're not trying hard enough. That's true. Wealth of information out there for sure. So Sean, thank you so much for coming to the show today. Where can people find out more about yourself and contact you online? So I'm on most of the social medias. So, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then our website is therustyshovel.ca and you'll find both myself and the Rusty Shovel on, on a lot of those platforms as well. So That's great. We'll definitely include some links to your profile as well as the rustyshovel.ca website. And uh, once again, you know, thank you for coming to the show and uh, sharing some great insights. My pleasure. And I appreciate you doing this. Uh, storytelling is a big part of uh, Saskatchewan and getting these local stories out is very important. So I appreciate it as a listener. Uh, thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for listening. And we hope you found this episode useful. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. You can see more information and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at saskentrepreneurs.com. That's S-A-S-K entrepreneurs.com. This episode is brought to you by TwoWeb. Growing your business online is overwhelming. At TwoWeb, we make it simple. Our agency has helped over 700 businesses and nonprofit organizations grow through digital marketing. Learn more and reach out to us at 2web.ca.